Amen. You know, many people today see what we're doing as absolutely nonsense. And if that's what they want to think, call me nonsensical. Amen. Many people think that what we're doing today by coming to church and being in this room as irrelevant. Consider me irrelevant. Many people today in our community would call this a waste of time. Let me tell you something, people. I'm glad to waste my time. Amen. Being in church makes a difference. Amen. I'm beginning a series called Why Church. Why Church? On two aspects. Number one, why did God establish the church? I mean, He could have done it a million other ways. Why did He just create us and create this whole scenario so that we could have a personal relationship with Jesus, go fishing and hunting and hang out outside and just be with our friends, not have to come together in a thing called church and just be fine? Why did He not create it that way? Why did He choose this idea of church. So that's one aspect that we'll talk about. The other one is, why, why is the church even needed? Why is it necessary? Why should we even come? Why are we even here? Many of you have probably heard these words. Well, I can be a Christian just as good at home as I can in church. If you've heard it, say, yeah. 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 How about this one? I ain't going to church. Church full of hypocrites. You heard that one? Yeah. Well, where's a better place for a hypocrite to be than in church? Can somebody say it again? Jesus said that He did not come for those who were, were okay. He came for those who needed help. The church is supposed to be a hospital, not a perfect place. I'm going to be the first one to declare today I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect in my physical body. I'm not perfect in my mind. I'm not perfect in my thoughts. I'm not perfect in, in, in my ideals. But I can tell you who I'm clinging to who is perfect, and that is Jesus. Amen. And I'm thankful that I get to do it alongside of people like you in church. Why church? Why church? Well, today, if you have your notes and you're following along in the version app, there's there's a, a, a feeling that I want you to feel in first today. Why church? Well, it boils down to this. Church is not all about me. Okay, come on now. I'm going to step on some toes. Is that alright this morning? Yeah. Church is not all about me. Life is not all about me. Church is not all about me. Church is all about us. See, God never intended for us to live the Christian life alone and isolated. The Christian life is not intended to be a life of isolation. It's about us being together in life. Jesus had died on the cross. He had risen from the grave. He, he had ascended into the clouds and He had ascended. And when He went away, He said, Go and you will be my, my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria into the uttermost parts of the earth. You're going to be my witnesses. Now, He was talking to His disciples, so we could just stop there and say, Praise God, it's the twelve disciples and we're done after that. No, that is not what Jesus meant. 
When he said you are to be, he was speaking to his church people. We are the church. It is about us. It's not simply about me. When we look in Acts chapter 1 this morning, Acts chapter 1, we find that they're in the upper room. And it, all the disciples are there. And in verse 14, it says, These all with one mind or one accord, depending on your translation. Pastor. Yes. Hold on. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Bradley is right. out here having a heart attack. Okay. Let's pray. Paramedics with him right now. Father God, we thank you so much for Bradley and his life and what he means to us. Father God, we. We call on your angels right now, Father God, your Holy Spirit to surround Bradley, his family. Father God, help the uh, paramedics out here, Father, to, to attend to him, Father. Be with them as they give him the right treatment, the right medicine, Father God. Father God, we just call for a miracle right now in Bradley's life. We thank you, God, for uh, all that you do for us. Father, your word says that your, your people came together in one accord and they prayed and the place that they were gathered was shaken. Lord, we are not here today for a show. We're not here today to just simply say we've come to church. We're here today to encounter you and to be here with our brothers and sisters and to lift them up. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you watch over that man. That you will help that heart work. Lord, he's had trouble all week. And God, we pray that you will work right now with those paramedics as they are taking care of him. Lord, we pray for your miracle. Lord, I was just reading the scripture where it said that they were together in one accord, praying. Lord, we are here in one accord, one mind. In unity, praying for Brandon Grant. Lord, you can do great things. You can do things that we cannot even imagine. You can move in ways that we've never thought possible. You can perform miracles. Lord, you can fix hearts. Lord, we pray for that right now. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. That is one of the reasons why, as a church, we have a thing over here called an AED, an Automatic Emergency Defibrillator. And if you notice, it's not over there. Troy, thank you, Troy, for being around and all the other people who are here to help, to grab it and to take it, to take care of him. We love Bradley very, very much. We don't want to see anything happen, but I want you to know that we are here together as children of God to care about one another. You know, I'm not even sure where to go, so we may need to wad up the notes and just throw them in the trash this morning. But can I tell you what better scripture than to read Acts chapter 1, verse 14. It says, with one mind, they were continually devoting themselves 
to prayer. Coming to church is not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about what makes me feel good. It's not about the preacher. And nobody said amen. <laughs> it's not about the preacher. It's not about the singers. Amen. It is about Jesus. It is about Jesus. And that's why these people had come together and they were in one accord. Because they had come for Jesus. They didn't come to look good, to dress up, to feel good. They weren't there for an emotional moment. They were together. Have you thought of this? Because they were hurting. They were hurting because this Jesus had been crucified. And then they got elated, Abram, because Jesus was alive. And we celebrated that last week. Here in this room, what an incredible service we had. I, I, I've told several people, I don't know, since I've been pastor, I have not been in a Holy Spirit-filled service like last week in this place. It was amazing. Amen. It was great to celebrate a risen Savior, but then he says, I'm leaving. What, again? I think that's why in Acts 1 we see where they're just standing there looking up, gazing. And the angel had to say, hello, snap out of it. Because they're like, oh, there he goes. That's incredible. He's gone. So they get together in this upper room, and it says that they were with one accord or one mind. See, we often think about this moment, and we think they got together and they prayed. And by the way, it was customary for them to pray, and it was usually like a 14-day thing of them praying. Two weeks that they would get together and they'd pray. But they were praying continually. That meant for 14 days, according to a... A uh, Messianic Jewish friend of mine, he says that is 14 days of prayer that these people were doing. You want to talk about devoting yourself continually to prayer? They were devoting themselves to prayer. Along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Now many people today will say, well, our faith in church is better done without the organization of church, without the building, just meeting homes, just meeting groups, meeting a coffee shop. Those are all good. I'm not going to tell you those are bad, but I'm going to tell you this. I want us to look at the scripture, and you tell me what you think this is. Verse 15, at this time, Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren, a gathering of, how many does your Bible say was there? 120. 120 people were together. I don't know about you. That sounds a lot like church. <laughs> it wasn't just three people or four people. It wasn't just in a house. They were in this upper room and there were 120 people together. That sounds like church. It sounds to me like the first thing that happened right after Jesus ascends is they get together and they have church. And church was focused on prayer, but don't miss being in one accord, being in one mind. 
See, church is not all about me. It's not all about whether I wear a tie or not. Because I'm going to be honest with you. If it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't be wearing this tie right now. But I know for a fact, if I get up here and don't wear a tie, first thing my wife's going to say, why didn't you wear a tie today? I know many people like the pastor to wear a tie, so I wear a tie. I'm comfortable in a tie. I'm okay with a tie. But I actually thought about this morning, I may not wear a tie. And then I thought about my wife, and I put it, put it on anyway. You want to have a happy marriage? Oh, you don't have to wear a tie to, to have a happy marriage. You just learn to say, yes, dear. That's a happy marriage. That brings, that brings everyone in one mind and one accord when the husband says, yes, dear. Amen. I heard a good amen on that one. But here are these disciples together praying continually, devoting themselves to prayer, not just prayer, but in one accord. I don't want you to miss that. Before prayer is mentioned in reference to this church, before it's even mentioned in the New American Standard, before it says we're continually devoting themselves to prayer, it says they were there in one accord. I want to give a testimony real quick about Chicopee Baptist Church. Maybe today's your first time or second time or maybe you've been here just less than a year or whatever. But I know that I have heard people talk about the difference in this place in the last year and a half. That there was a time, and I can testify to this, that there would be some people that would be talking about those younger people who want to change everything and the younger people talking about the older people going, those people are so against change, they just want to keep everything the way it is and they don't care about us. That don't go on here anymore. Amen. Because see, at one time, this church, like many churches across this nation, was divided into different groups and factions, different generations saying, we want this, we want that, they won't work with us, we won't work with them, things of that nature. But I have to testify that at Chicopee Baptist Church, we are a church with one heartbeat for Jesus Christ Amen. across Amen. every generation. That's what makes a difference. Why did the Spirit show up so strong last week? I believe it's because this church is in one heartbeat, one accord, one mind, that Jesus is our focus, not our personal preference or opinion. It makes a difference. If it made a difference in Acts chapter 1, right after Jesus ascended and these disciples get together, it will make a difference today. The problem a lot of times is we try to do all the other stuff. Let's get better music. Let's get better preaching. And we're still looking for a good preacher, by the way. So if you haven't come across one, let me know. We got one. <laughs> well, thank you. You're too nice. We love you, preacher. Thank you. But so many people... Bank on all the stuff that happens up here on the stage rather than what happens in the hearts of the people outside of the moment of Sunday morning. If you're looking for a church and you're here today, let me tell you the number one thing you need to look for. Yes, we can talk about a Bible-believing church and uh, a Jesus-following church. We can talk a lot of things about church. A church with good music, a church with good preaching, a church with blah, 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 blah. But let me tell you, a good sign of a healthy church isn't what happens between 11 and 12. It's what happens right after the service. 
When the service is dismissed, look around the room. If everybody's heading for the door, you better head for the door and get out too. You know what happens here at Chicopee? When I first got here, I mean, people were headed for the door. They were shaking my hand, getting out of here, going to get something to eat. Now, I stand back there going, is anybody going to come shake my hand? <laughs> I have to wait because why? The people in this place are in such one heart and one mind that they love spending time together. That is what church is about. It's not about me. It's about us. It's not about my preference. It's about what, what I can do to serve you. It's not about just me dealing with my issues and my pain and my troubles on my own. It's about us carrying that burden together. That's what Scripture talks about. Paul says to bear one another's burdens. How can we bear one another's burdens if we're not together in church? Many people refer to church as a family. Unfortunately, the definition of family has been hijacked by some. Some families are nothing but fighting, bickering, backstabbing, ugly, hateful, mean. Anybody know families like that? Yeah. Yeah. So when you say family, the definition for some people are like, well, I don't want to be a part of that church if it's a family because my family's a mess. And you thought your family was cray-cray. <laughs> but here's the thing. The biblical definition of family and what church is supposed to be is a church of one mind. It is this idea that Jesus is first and my fellow brother or sister is second. And if I'm hurting, we hurt together. If I'm struggling, we struggle together. We are not living life in isolation when it comes to church. These, these disciples got together and began to pray. So why in the world are they together? Why are they unified? Can I tell you they're unified at this point because of prayer? Not because they were praying, but because someone had prayed for them to be this way. Who was that, you may ask? It is Jesus himself. Turn to John chapter 17. Just take a left. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John is right before Acts. Just take a left till you hit John 17. In John chapter 17, Jesus is praying. This is the Lord's Prayer. It's not uh, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. That's not the Lord's Prayer. That's the model prayer that Jesus gave for us to follow. The Lord's Prayer is right here. He's praying. And we find that he is praying for the disciples and for us. Let's begin reading. Let's begin reading in verse 13. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. He's praying to the Father. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. One of the things that unifies is truth. The truth that there is one God, one spirit, one Lord, one baptism. There is one Jesus Christ who died on the cross for all. No matter where they come from or what has happened in their life, Jesus is there. That's the truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself 
and they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask, verse 20, on behalf of these alone, talking about the disciples that he had lived with for three years, but for those also who will believe in me through their word. Who does that include? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're included. Jesus prayed for you. Can you imagine that? Jesus prayed for you. What did Jesus pray for you? Well, let's, let's check it out. That they may all be one. Even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. So that the world may believe that you sent me. See, here's the thing about unity. Unity is a key thing that we must keep in mind. And when, when that begins to happen, we can see that unity is from God. Jesus is talking about this here. He's talking about the essence, the idea, the, the thought, the power behind it is that it's from God. Unity is from God. We see that in what Jesus was praying in verse 21 and 22. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. So unity and oneness of mind and one accord is from God. Second thing is that it reflects God. It reflects Jesus. See, we just said in verse 21 that that, uh, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may know and believe that you sent me. Verse 23, I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. Unity and togetherness reflects God when we come together. We live in a nation that's very divided. Anybody in here, if you don't believe our nation is divided, I'd love to talk to you right after service. I think we're all in agreement that we would say our nation is divided on so many levels and in so many places. The one place, the one place there should not be division but unity, you're sitting in it. We should be the light to the world that people with different ideas, different backgrounds, different mindsets, people who dress differently, look differently, and even smell differently can come together and be unified and, and, and live in peace as it is possible and pursue Jesus Christ. The world out there should look at us and say, you're weird, how do you do that? Because I can guarantee you're not going to find unity in Washington. You're not going to find unity in many homes today. But whenever we have Jesus as the unifying factor, it will make a difference. I have up here with me, it's called Aveeno Active Natural Skin Relief Moisturizing Lotion. Anybody like to use Aveeno? Yeah. Yeah, Aveeno. Yeah. Anybody use lotion, you know, for your skin? This one says it's fragrance-free. There's more lotions. I mean, Bath and Body Works. You walk into Bath and Body Works and it's just filled with lotions. Do you want to know what lotions are made out of? On here, I find the word oil, kernel oil. 
I also find the word petroleum. Now, what's petroleum? Oil. 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 And there's also the word water. Now, I'm not a very smart man, but being from Delonica, I do know that oil and water just don't mix together. How do you get oil and water to mix together to actually do something good? Normally, when I've seen oil and water, you got oil over here and water over here. One's on the bottom, one's on the top. It's, it's like having two people that's just like... They're not connected. They're different. They're different in what they think, how, how they believe, what they like. They're just different. Two different people. But let me tell you something. You take a little oil and you take a little water and you use something called an emulsifier. How many of you like to bake and you use a little oil and you might put some water in the recipe and then they're going to call for something called an egg? Did you know that an egg yolk is an emulsifier? What? What is an emulsifier? An emulsifier is that thing that can grab hold of water and it can grab hold of oil. Two things that don't even get along that can't even work together. This emulsifier can grab hold of both and bring them together to make something good. Can I tell you something? The church is unified not because of the music or the preacher or the pews or the lights or the, the color of paint on the wall. The church is unified because of the emulsifier called Jesus Christ who died on the cross and gave his life for us. Amen. He's the emulsifier that will take oil and water and create something called lotion that you can put on your hands to make your hands feel better in your arms and your face to help get rid of some of the wrinkles under your eye. An emulsifier. God gave us an emulsifier in Jesus Christ so that when it comes to the church, there is a unifying agent that brings us to, together. See, unity is from God. Unity reflects God. And unity focuses on others. Unity focuses on others. When we come together in what some people call, use the word community, we all like to be in community. We like to have friends. We like to have people we can live life with. Church is a great place for that. But when we come together as a church, in unity we focus on others. See, church is not all about me. It's about us. All of us. Mr. Joe Wood, who passed away yesterday, he's been a member of one church all of his life. He's 96 years old. For 96 years, he's called Chicopee Baptist Church his church home. He has supported this church. He has loved this church. And it's not just the building I'm talking about. It's been the people. He has loved the people of this place. Through the good times and through the bad times. Because I, I assure you, there have been times it's been great here and there's been times it's been rough here. I see some of you shaking your head. But that man, even when other people would say, won't you come to our church? He said no. Because there was something that he did. He focused on others. He never made it only about himself. See, the problem is the word church has been hijacked 
by Christians and they have messed up the definition for the rest of the world. What do I mean? We have taken this idea church that church is a place where perfect people go who are going to act perfect Monday through Saturday into Sunday morning, come to church, do their stuff, and then the rest of the time they're going to live perfect. Church isn't about the perfect people. Church is filled with broken people. We sang a song earlier about how God uses the broken people. See, in my father's house, there's a place for me. There's a place for you in God's house here. And what I love about church, particularly Chicopee Baptist Church, that as we continually seek to strive to be one heartbeat across every generation, more and more people are taking notice and going, what in the world? There's something special. We had a guest show up here a few weeks ago. And I went to lunch with him after the service. And here is what he told me. I felt the Holy Spirit for the first time. In a very long time. In fact, I can't remember the last time I felt the Holy Spirit in the service, but I did when I was there. Amen. I believe it's because Acts chapter 1, how they were in one accord. We as a church are in one accord, in one mind. And it's because we love each other. We love each other just the way we are. Some of us are not as good looking as others, but that's all right. You love me anyway. Some of us struggle. Some of us have good days and we have bad days. But we love one another. That unity is what makes a difference in church. So as we look at this, what must I do? What must I do? My, what, how does this boil down to the individual? Because if church is all about us, what can I do to make church as it is biblically defined be church? Well, number one is you have to decide. To be unified in the purpose of Christ. It is a decision. It is a choice we have to make. We must draw the line and say, it's not for me, it's for Jesus. It's for my brother, it's for my sister. We must decide to be unified in Christ. And the second thing is that we have to connect with other people. We have to connect with other people who are in the church we have to connect with people who are not in the church. I got news for you. I love to invite people to Chicopee Baptist Church. Why? Because I know when they walk through the door, they're going to be loved on. They're going to be in an environment where people care and love about one another. And everybody's in one mind and one heart and one accord here in this place. Because I know because of that, the Spirit of God is going to move in a great way. Because as a pastor, I have been in places where that was not the case. Even before I became a pastor, I've been a part of places that's not that case. When I was growing up as a child, I remember being in an old country church. And during conference, it was called for all those who are in, in uh, fellowship with the brethren, one mind and one accord, please stand. Well, everybody didn't stand up. So then they asked why. Oh, my goodness. The church is no place. For us to act like a bunch of babies. Amen. That was so good. I might write that down. The church is not a place. 
for us to act like a bunch of babies. There, a church is a place where we need to act like Jesus Christ has made a difference in our life and we love one another and people should look at us and go, what's up with that? Amen. We have to decide, make that decision that we're going to be unified in the purpose of Jesus Christ and that we're going to connect with one, one another. There are several people in this room. I want to, uh, I'm not going to embarrass you, okay? But I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you know the name of every single person in this room right now. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. That's why I asked. So don't feel bad if you didn't raise your hand. You don't know every person in this room, do you? No. No, I don't either. We got some new people here. So don't feel bad, okay? Even the pastor don't know everybody's name. Why don't you find out somebody's name today? Get to know someone. Get to know someone that you... you maybe you haven't been hanging out with, get to know somebody. Find out why did they choose Chicopee today? Why did you come to church today? I mean, it's a beautiful day outside. A lot of people chose the church of Lake Lanier. <laughs> First Baptist Church of the Boat. But instead you chose the Chicopee Baptist Church, and I thank you for that because there is something special about when God's people come together in one place under one umbrella, and that is Jesus. Now, there's a lot of, lot of people who could listen to preaching better than mine this morning because all you got to do is pull it up on the TV, on your phone, on your computer. You can podcast it. You can, you, you can find preachers galore out there to listen to. So I know you didn't come just for me. When it comes to worship, you can find any kind of worship you want. You can go on Spotify. You can find Southern Gospel. You can find Bluegrass. You can find Contemporary Praise and Worship. You can even find Jazz and Blues Christian music. I found it this week, and I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. So you can find music of any genre that you may like. You can worship at home. You can listen to preaching. You can pray at home. And you can just send us your check. Why do you even come? Because church is not about me, it's about us. Amen. There's something special about us being together, us being unified, us seeing one another, looking each other in the eyes, shaking each other's hand, and hugging each other's neck. That gives me fuel and joy to move on tomorrow. There's something different about when I stand over there and I'm singing worship songs that someone is leading than just listening to them on my, my, my Bluetooth earpiece. There's something different. Now, I love me some Tony Evans. That brother can preach. I would, I'd swing over hell on a, on a dried corn stalk with nothing but a water pistol after listening to him preach. Amen. Chuck Swindoll, he's like a fire hydrant coming at me. I love to listen to these guys preach. But it's different whenever you're sitting in a place listening to the word of God proclaimed. Some people cannot even go to church anymore and they're heartbroken. Can I tell you something? Joe would, every time I would go see him, and just a few weeks ago, and I'm going to mention this in, in the Tuesday at the funeral that's going to take place in here. Just a few weeks ago, right before he fell, he did the same thing he does every time. Preacher, please forgive me for not being at church. How many people today could really care less whether they're at church? 
And here is a man who's apologizing, asking me to forgive him for not being in church. Because he understood the power of us in living life. Why church? Because I need you. I need you in my life. I need you praying for me when all I want to do is just be on the bed in a curled up fetal position and just squall. Yes, I've been there. Knowing that there's people praying for me helps. When someone passes away, we need each other. When we rejoice and someone is having something great in their life, how much greater the rejoicing when it's together. So why church? It's because it's living life together. That's why church. We're going to cover many other things over the next several weeks, but today I want you to walk away with this. Who do I not know? Who do I need to introduce myself to? Just walk up, cold turkey, say, Hi, I'm Buddy Anderson. I'm sure he will not have a problem doing that. <laughs> we pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you. Lord, I just want to say thank you for the church. You could have designed all of this and fixed all of this that it really did not matter if we were together, that you would still perform. Lord, here's what's amazing. You don't even have a plan B. The church was your plan A, and you didn't give us a plan B. All throughout Scripture, even in Hebrews, it says, do not fail to get together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. So, Father, we pray today. This idea of church will not just simply be an event that we attend or a place that we come, but, it, but that it will be about us being together in one accord in unity. Lord, it's a beautiful thing when we dwell together in unity. Lord, today, if someone does not know Jesus Christ, may they see today that it's, it is a beautiful thing when Jesus enters into our life that we think differently, live differently, we feel differently, we act differently. May they realize today that they need you. So right now, Lord, with everybody's head bowed and everybody's eyes closed, may they just ask you to forgive them and take over their life. It's that simple. Simply ask you to forgive them and for you to take over their life. And they become a brand new creation. Not a renovation, but a new creation. Lord, make a difference in our hearts and minds today. In Jesus' name.